Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So dropshipping we generated between 12 and 16. It depends because we had some logistics issues and we had some supply chain management. So I say between 12 to 16. 12 to 16 million dollars. So 12 to 16 million dollars. And then what we did is we just rolled over all of our profits, literally all of our profits into crypto between March to October of the year 2020. March was the collapse, the black swan event. I was in Florida playing Call of Duty with my brothers. Literally, I just remember like it was yesterday. Market tanks super heavy on the announcement of COVID and shutdowns. That was the announcement, right? That was the black swan event. And I remember on my Kraken account, just the orders getting filled, $10,000 order blocks of Ethereum at $80, right? $90. Oh, so you're buying it cheap. Cheap, brother, like cheap. So that just $1,000 of ETH, right? That shit did a 40X. You're buying ETH at $80. Yes, and I have it on my stories. Like you go to highlights, Luke Belmar, like I literally posted on my Instagram, guys, go buy crypto. It's it's the Chinese year of the bull, like just stuff. And I just tell people like, the bull run was coming. So you made, uh, how old were you when you made $12 million? Uh, Mid 20s, 23, 24. 25, but not Luke, not Luke Belmont. There's a company, there's a group of people. It's not just an individual that's out here just by himself. You so know, this was like uh, you and like your yeah, brothers. My, and, yeah, uh, my company. Yeah, my okay. company. So it's not just, oh, Luke's out here making How, how much money did you make? <laughs> I'm not going to say the exact number that I rolled because we operate as a fund. We operate as a company. Okay. So Luke doesn't operate as an individual entity. Luke operates through companies. Luke operates through huh. holding companies, just like a normal investment firm, right? So when I say we, people think, oh, they, a lot of people are like, what does he mean when he says we? Because yeah. I say we. I talk about my partners. I talk about my fund. I talk about my investment arms. I talk about my private equity, my family office. It's not just Luke by himself out here making all the decisions. I have a lot of smart people around me, whether it's in crypto investments, yeah. whether it's in DeFi protocol, uh, yield farming, whatever it may be. There's always intelligent people and decision makers in my organization. I'm not out here running solo, bro. It's not. That's it's not how I work. Thing. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, so you make fifteen million dollars. You make twelve to sixteen million dollars. We roll everything over 2020 into crypto. Whose decision was this? Me, hundred percent mine. 2019 was what's called the DeFi summer, right? In 2019, yeah. Uniswap rolls out. It's an entire craze, but it only lasts a couple months because we were still in a bear market. But remember when Clubhouse rolled out? Do you remember Clubhouse? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was like the hottest thing for like a couple months. It just died off after. All the crypto guys went on Clubhouse and they were just like talking about the crypto bull and blah, blah, blah. CZ, who's the founder of Binance, he goes on and he starts talking about uh, DeFi and how he's excited for DeFi. And he mentioned something called the Binance Smart Chain, which is his chain that's gonna compete with the Ethereum chain. Why? Because they had a token called BNB. BNB was their exchange token. They needed to create liquidity and value outside of the exchange for the token in order to grow. Yeah. Right. So I buy the BNB token at $2 in, $2. in 2017. 
that shit goes to like 600. So how much money did you put? You took $15 million straight into crypto. Yeah, the profits of $15 million. Okay, profits of $15 million. All of it. Straight to crypto. Brother, when I tell you that we were literally sitting on like 40, 50, 60 grand in the bank account, I tell you every dollar was in crypto or Pokemon cards. I promise <laughs> Pokemon you. Pokemon cards. Yeah, bro, really good investment. Uh, that was the investment vehicles. That's what I wish I would have gotten into watches early. That's the only one that I that I like. Yeah. Like I'm not very happy about, but oh, anyway, it was good. So, anyways, back, back to Clubhouse. CZ. Yeah. Starts talking about DeFi, and he mentions a company out of I forget where they're talking. I think Turkey or something like that, called Pancake Swap. The Pancake Swap team. I'm like, okay, let me start looking into it, dude. When I tell you YouTube, there wasn't a single video on Pancake Swap. Nothing. I'm like, what is this thing? And I start evaluating it and realize, oh, it's basically a clone of Uniswap that was for Ethereum, but it's on the Binance Smart Chain. So theoretically, it made sense. This guy who runs crypto, right, runs crypto, yeah. he's not going to allow some other dude, some other smart chain, some other token to get rich when the dude can literally clone a smart chain, run all his liquidity through it and pump these tokens himself. So at a $25 billion market cap, I buy 1% supply of PancakeSwap. It ends up doing over 100x. So 1% supply was a quarter million dollars, $250,000. That was a $25 million market cap. So that's had a $25 million valuation, yeah. right? And the APY of the yield at the time, I know this is getting a little bit nerdy, was 14,000%. So you know how people were doing, oh, there's 100% yield, 200% yield. This was so degenerate back in the day, like nobody was even plugged in on it, that it was 14,000%. So I own 1% of all circulating supply when it was 25 million, and I ride it, of course I sell on my way up, to $2.6 billion, which was the peak. You know when SafeMoon did all that crazy shit and everybody yeah. was launching shit coins here and there, here and there? Boom, that's when we cashed out. And how, how did, because you said you made money in crypto, but you also lost it all. I lost a ton of money in crypto. I lost a ton of money in crypto, but I didn't lose it all. I lose, I lost all of my money in 2017. 2017 was my first bull run. This was after this whole? Oh, no. So what I just told you right now, that was 2020. What I told you before was 2017. That's so what I'll you lost. Give you, so I'll give you the examples of 2017. 2017, Cardano, you probably heard of it. Yeah. But Cardano had just launched. Tron had just launched. Uh, what was another one that was really, really hot? I think it was called Verge. Anyways, these were super, super hot tokens. I remember buying Cardano at a penny, right? Yeah. And it went to $1.60. That was 160X. So for every $1,000 you put in, I think it did it in like a two weeks or three weeks. For every $1,000 that you put in, it was like 150,000 out at the peak. Like it was fucking crazy. So we caught the bull run kind of late. We caught it as soon as it was taking off but we were completely new to the entire thing. So what we wanted to do was figure out the market cycle, the hype, and get out. And I sold, sold all of my Bitcoin at 55,000, all of my Ethereum at 3,950. We had a pretty good bull run. Yeah, but then I fucked up, lost some money with Celsius, lost some money with uh, FTX and- Oh, you were in FTX and stuff. Yeah, but it wasn't too bad. It was like, yeah. like 180 So how much money would you say the crypto scene made you? Eight figures. Eight figures deep, bro. Eight like figures solid deep. eight figures. But here's the thing. It's, it wasn't enough, bro. Like, I fucked up. Like, I left a lot of money on the table. Can I tell you why? Why? Because I was a player in the game as opposed to, like, somebody that was, like, creating products and making valuable things. 
And that's where I realized how I'm going to position myself for this next bull run is I want to create products of value. Like, why can't somebody go out and create an exchange that actually doesn't steal customers' funds? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like why can't somebody make a good product like that? So I now it's what we've been talking about, the entire product thing yeah. is like, yeah, we did this side of the game. But now I want to I want to get into the game where we're actually providing value and creating real tangible things in spaces where we can create products better than anybody else. You also, but talking about that, you also made an NFT or you bought an NFT project. Yeah, we bought. Uh, you, have you heard of Pudgy Penguins? Yeah, it was. A, this is a top ten NFT project. To me, it's number one, bro. To me, it's in my heart. But uh, top ten, yes. Top uh, how, 10 how much money did that project make you? Well, no, it's still it's the investment is like in so. I can't disclose, but we purchased the company for 2.5 million. Yeah. And the number that I disclosed um, is private, but uh, at a multiple already. Yeah. It's, okay. the, it's been 12 months and it's been a great vehicle. Now, obviously you talk about a lot of business stuff and I think people just like to know what's the most money you've ever made in a day? Like $3 million trading. One day. One day, brother. And right now, and but I but I lost like three point two million also in one week. Wow. Yeah. And how how do you how do you deal with that? Because obviously that's a lot of money to lose. But no, bro. Because it's not. If you want to make big trades, you have to be willing to take big losses. Like you're never gonna do a million dollar trade unless you're able to risk the liquidity to do a big trade. The problem is people are making too many trades without enough certainty, looking for quick bucks. In the last. 12 months, I think I've, I've taken 11 trades. That's it. In the last 12 months. So you play the long game. Super long game. It's, it's a few very big sizable bets. Like I'm going to buy 1% of this token. And if it goes, it goes. And it rips, perfect. And if it doesn't rip, okay, I lose 50% on that investment. Like I'll lose 150 grand. Dude, the amount of times I'll just lose 150 grand here, 150 grand here. Like it's completely fine because I understand it's a game of probabilities. Yeah. And what was your biggest regret? Is there anything you regret not getting into? I regret selling my board apes too early. <laughs> uh, I sold those, sold those quite early. Uh, I probably regret not getting into watches early enough. Yeah. I was, uh, I was well positioned for that. And I think my big probably L when it comes to uh, investing was I should have shorted Luna bigger than I actually did. So Luna was a short that I made publicly okay. on the internet. It was when Luna was a massive hype and there was the anchor protocol, which was giving 20% yield and people were going super crazy with the UST coin. You yeah, probably remember it's unsustainable the to give that much. Extremely unsustainable. And the basket of assets that they were utilizing was a basket of assets that included Bitcoin, Ethereum, things of this nature. So I was like, their stability is dependent on something that's unstable. It's not going to work. I put a $50,000 short and ended up doing, I think it was like $2.6 million, I think, in five days. Wow. That's when it went to zero. But my size, the conviction of my bet should have been a lot fucking bigger. And my issue was I sold when it was at a couple dollars left before it went to zero. Those couple dollars to zero would have made that $2.5 million 60. $60 million. Yeah. And I wouldn't be doing internet shit today. <laughs> <laughs> You'd just be banking. But obviously you made a lot of money. And I want to say that right now, is money important to you? Brother, money was, hasn't been important to me since I had 80 grand in the bank. Because 
I looked at 80 grand in the bank and I looked at how much I was spending. I said, okay, I have six months of expenses. Yeah. And I was like, that's enough for me to turn my life around. So ever since I had 80 grand in the bank account, mentally nothing's changed except I need to become better. I need to become better. I need to become better. And how do you do that? Someone watching this, how does a, a kid watching this, how do they get better? What do they do? Step one, is it money? Is it? It's, it's brother, it's your mind. It's like, how do you think about yourself? Yeah. Right. When you go and you eat McDonald's, do you eat McDonald's understanding that the reason you're eating McDonald's is because you've been conditioned to eat McDonald's like a peasant? Or do you understand and have enough self-worth, right? To be like, I'm not gonna fill my, my body with shit. So what I've come to realize is a lot of people are forcing themselves to do good things. They're forcing themselves to get educated. They're forcing themselves to train. They're forcing themselves to go out and have conversations with people or uh, enjoy the sunlight or exercise or have a, a healthy routine. Instead of becoming the type of individual that enjoys those things, and the way that you become the individual that actually enjoys these things that are healthy is by realizing that all of these things will lead you to making more money, that all these things will lead you to finding better relationships, to being more happy, to yeah. being a, a better rounded individual. So instead of forcing yourself to educate, get educated, instead of forcing yourself to eat healthy, ask yourself, why is it that I don't enjoy these things? Yeah. And answering that question is the most important thing because you need to address that. Like you not exercising is like, what the fuck's wrong with you? You're the problem. Yeah. Like what is wrong with you here that is telling you, nah. Yeah. Why am I not doing it? And that's the question is because if not, you're going to be the guy that's always fighting against your mind. You want your mind to be on your side. I heard you, you say need this. To train it. You were saying that if you're not successful, you are the problem. 100%. If you're a failure, you're the problem. So do you stick by that? Like that's a... I mean, the life that you have is the life that you chose. That's deep. It is. Like you are today here right now, brother, because you said, I want to be here. There's no other person that can do it. Nobody. But the problem, you know what it is, is people are afraid of assuming responsibility for their actions. Successful people will tell you that they're self-made. Unsuccessful people won't. <laughs> but they're both self-made.